Thank you, Pastor David. Amen. Well, I'm excited this week. We get to we got to get away for a little bit with the pastor's retreat, and I changed the name from retreat to pastor's refill. <laughs> I was telling him in the I kept trying to think of something else because I just don't like the word retreat. And I know there's it can mean different things, but it's like I feel like when you retreat, you're giving up ground, and I don't want to give up any ground. So we were we went on a refill, amen. And uh, how many of you once in a while need to get a little refilling? We got to go out to Tahoe and just look at the beautiful creation that God has made. And, and uh, Pastor Denise was so grateful that she's, she goes up and spends like a month at a time up there every year. And she knows that area very well. So she dropped us into a few spots that I'd never seen. And, and uh, it was a blessing. So thank you for that. And that all um, unfolded because the church had blessed us um, last year for pastor's appreciation. So we felt very appreciated. And thank you. Um, going into the message, before we get into that, um, I, I got a word that someone, um, Carolyn Spears, had given me. It's been a few weeks ago, and um, when she gave it, I just it just hit me, and I'm like, man, that's for me. That's I, I received that. And then last week, the Lord said, hey, you know what? I want you to share that. There, there's, there's some more nuggets there for some more folks. So I said, all right. And when I was putting my notes together that morning before I left, and I got that out of my one Bible that I was in, and at the last second, decided, you know, I'm going to use a different Bible. And then I went off and left it. So I was like, darn it. And the Lord said, it's okay, give it next week. So I'm going to be obedient to that. Um, this is, there's a note at the bottom, which I'm going to give first so that it kind of, you guys can follow along with this. There, it was a, she saw a picture of a child the first time on an escalator who was fine until he came to the end and was afraid to step off. The words are this, folding and unfolding. Folding and unfolding. Light perceiving the darkness. Darkness giving way to truth and light. A time of movement. A time of transition. My child, I am here with an outstretched arm. I am here, do not be afraid. For I will not let you stumble or fall. Take my hand. Gain the strength. Gain the stability that I am offering. Do not be afraid. You will not stumble. You will not fall. Step into the new place. Step into your future. The things that I am calling you to. Take hold of my hand and receive all I have to give. Trust I love you. You are within my reach. In transition, as just the net transition is just the next step and what I have for you. Reach out, take hold of my outstretched hand, for you are my child. Trust you are safe. Trust you are loved. Amen. So I just wanted to share that with you. I know it was I received a blessing from that, and I believe there's some here in this, this service and then the next that are going to hopefully get some confirmation and some encouragement to keep moving. I remember as a small child, that word transition and seeing a child on an escalator, I saw a, a very old lady when I was probably about four, three or four, fall at the end of an escalator and the, her leg got just peeled back. It was very traumatic. I remember very well. So that transition 
ooh, escalator. I was like, yep. Trust the Lord in that. It's just stick your hand out. He loves you. He knows where the next step is. Amen. He wants to get you. Transition is beautiful because it gets you from where you were into where he wants you to be. And there's, he's always in seasons. There's always a season. And we get real comfortable as people. We want to like set deep, deep tent spikes, right? And get, especially when you find a spot that you're really comfortable in. The Lord's not so concerned with your being comfortable. He's concerned with your growth. He's concerned with your future. He's concerned with the gifts and the plans that he has for you. Amen. And they're good. They're always good. Amen. So getting into the message today, we've been on the to be or not to be attitudes. Amen. Has that been a blessing for you? They're a source of blessing. So today we're in Matthew 5, 7. And it's God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. That's a pretty awesome principle. Amen. Who likes to be shown mercy? I, I was thinking of this and pondering this morning. I got, I got, I was woke. I was awake with probably Pastor Jay this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Had a lot of time to, to soak and pray and, and I began to, he began to remind me a few different things of um, the mercy of God and how powerful it is. And and I'm so grateful for his mercy, I can tell you. There, he, he poured out a lot on me, and I'm pretty sure he's poured out a lot on you. I, I had forgotten one incident that uh, I was being taken back from the hospital, and my cousin, who I love very much, was he was flown to another hospital. And after, it was not good. There was a lot of future that looked very, very, very bleak. And I had to be picked up from my parents. And, and I, I just remember, and I, I totally forgot this, my mom was just so crushed and broken. And she just kept saying over and over and over, mercy. She was just mercy, begging God for mercy, to be merciful. And, and I believe that <laughs> as we get into this, there, were, there was, she interceded some beautiful things and mercy was it. And I'm very, very, very grateful for God's mercy. And uh, when you've received mercy like that, you better be a mercy giver. Amen. So I'm going to do everything I can to my ability to, to be someone who gives mercy very freely. That is a good mark of a Christian. Every single Christian has received a tremendous amount of mercy. Um, the word mercy... When we think of mercy, oftentimes my definition is, and when I've used this many, many times in, in a, a ministering in the jail, and, and grace and mercy are like a, a, a coin, and there's just like a two-headed two coin. It, they're like homeboys that are really, really tight. You, you, they just, you can't really have, see one without the other. They're always together. And then when you receive, and so mercy is not receiving what you deserve in a very simple definition. Not receiving what you deserve. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. So it's oftentimes that you can't really even get grace without not receiving what you deserve first. Because you wouldn't even be able to get grace without the mercy of God. So they are like just side by side. There's, they're just, you see, they're always together. And I'm thankful for that. I love his grace too. His grace is, another way to say that is, my terminology, and especially it worked real good with the guys in the jail, was 
say you robbed a, you stole somebody's car and you went before the judge who's just and you would, should get five years. The judge would show mercy and say, I'm not going to give you the five years that you deserve. I'm going to set you free. Grace would be, and I'm going to buy you a new car. Obviously, you need one. <laughs> that would be grace. I mean, that's mercy and grace. And it's undeserved. It's ridiculous. And that's what our grace looks like. He gives us grace. It's that ridiculous. We don't deserve mercy, and we especially don't deserve grace, and that's what grace is. It's receiving what you don't deserve. So I like them both, and I like them both a lot. Amen? So mercy, uh, in the Greek, it's the word elemon, and it's pronounced el-a-a-mon. It is a kind, it says, is a kind, compassionate, sympathetic, merciful, and sensitive word. And I love this, combining tendencies with action. What have we been speaking about? The whole point of all that we're going through is to, to put it into action, to build it on a foundation that's solid, amen? So even that word is combi combining tendencies with action. In the Hebrew, the word is hased or hasad. And it's also a word for love. It means kindness. Mercy is a form of love. Determined by the state or condition of its objects. Their state is one of suffering or need. While they may be unworthy or ill-deserving. Mercy is at once the disposition of love respecting such. So mercy is this disposition of love respecting such. Respecting such what? The undeserved. And the kindly ministry of love for the relief. Mercy is the kindly ministry of love for the relief. Now, the Hebrewic and the Aramaic concept of mercy, and here's what the concept of, is that it comes from our innermost being. It comes from our innermost being. And, and the root word for mercy is really cool. The root word is the same root word for womb. It comes from our innermost being. So the first point in, in speaking of mercy is this. God is mercy. That word in, in the Hebrew, that it's, a, it's a love word. Hasid. And oftentimes you'll see in, in, in different translations where mercy and love will be interchanged. Have you ever noticed that? You, you like read in the Psalms you'll, where if you read King James or New King James... Um, different translations, sometimes it'll say the mercy of God, sometimes it'll say unfavored love. Unfavored, I mean, undeserved, the same mercy. It's that back and forth, that's a, it's, it's the Hebrewic meaning. So God is mercy, and I'm saying this is my first point, because God is love, period. Right? God is love. So he's also, God is mercy. God is mercy. God is love. God is mercy, point one. God is mercy and there is no end. This is the ridiculousness of God's mercy. There's no end of it. If there was an end of his mercy, believe you me, I'd have found it. <laughs> and I think I was knocking on the end of the door had mama not been interceding mercy. 
And I can show you that because we're going to read some of the first parts of what mercy God even showing and speaking his name and, and how that came about. There were some folks, the children of Israel, who were about at the end of his mercy. And there was this man named Moses who interceded on their behalf and reminded God of his name. If you go back and look in Exodus, Exodus, Exodus chapter 19 on, you're going to see and we're going to look at Exodus 34, 4 through 7. And this is Moses. Now, now you got to understand, God has done some crazy awesome stuff for these people, right? He brought them out of, out of um, Egypt. They go through on dry ground. There's some miraculous stuff going on. They just literally saw God come down on Mount Sinai. And there's smoke and fire and lightning. And it's shaking and God's talking. And it's... This is some incredible stuff. And he's doing this purposely so they'll see and fear him. Why? Not just so that they'll fear him and he's like a big bad bully. It's so that when you read through that, it's so that they won't continue in sin. Amen. That's mercy. Amen. Because he, doesn't, he knows the results of sin, which is what? Death. So God in his mercy is coming down and there's smoke and lightning and fire and the earth's shaking. And he says, don't come too close, which is mercy. So in all of that, they see that, and then God, they, while Moses is up receiving it, if you go from 19 to 34, there's all kinds of stuff. Like God's given instruction to, to Moses on like what the temple should look like, what the altar, I mean, the whole steps of, of it all, of everything, the Ten Commandments, like here's my law, here, here's my heart. Here's, while he's there, they're like, who is this guy Moses? Where has he been? They talk to Aaron and and. Get Aaron to, like, they, they want now, make us a god. So he collects all the nose rings and earrings from, from the men and women and builds this golden calf. And Moses comes down the, the mountain, and, and Joshua's with him. And Joshua, it sounds like there's a war going on. Or, and he goes, no, it's not a war cry. Or, no, it's not. They're not mourning. It sounds like a celebration. He come down, and they are really what's going on. They are worshiping as the pagan people would worship, which is they're nude, running around, drunk, partying, having an orgy. Like, it's nuts. So much so that when Moses comes down the mountain, he takes the commandments that God had made and wrote on. you imagine? And just throws them down. I'm done. (laughs) Right? I mean, would you not? Like, are you serious? Like, you guys are, I love you. I got to say, I love you. I mean, Moses had to deal with some serious stuff. Like, anytime I start, I'm going to think of Moses. Oh, no, we're good. (laughs) We are so good. (laughs) But listen, so I'm laying that foundation because this is where we're about to hear from. It's in this that he goes up, back up the mountain, back up the mountain, and he intercedes for Israel. He intercedes for for these people because God's, he's ready to smoke them. And, and guess what? There is about three or 4,000 of them got dealt with. It was the mercy of God that they didn't just wipe them all off the planet, which we know is, is, is an option, right? We can't flood the earth. He'll never do that one again. Just saying. But is exec, executives, I'm having a hard time with that. Never had a tr- struggle with that in my life, but today, executives is wanting to come out. Exodus. <laughs> 34, 427. Amen. Yeah, you can laugh. I think it's funny too. 34, 4, and 7. Praise the Lord. 
It says, so Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two, two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. And he called out his own name. I love that. He called out his own name. Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations, and I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. And he goes on. This is God himself declaring in his name who he is. He's a God of mercy and of compassion. In Psalm 136, it says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercies endure forever. Now, it's not enough that that first verse, in Psalm 136, 26 times after, after every sentence, it says, His mercy endures forever. Next verse, His mercy endures forever. Now, when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell our, our young people, pay attention when God repeats himself. Amen. Like, I'm not the sharpest tool, but I know this. When God repeats himself, it's for a reason. He, he's saying it's important, right? Like, when, when your folks repeat themselves when you were a kid, it was because they really wanted you to get that point, right? When I repeat myself to my kids, sometimes it's a little frustrating, because maybe I, they've heard me before and they're not paying attention. So when you hear God in one psalm 26 times, his mercy endures forever. It's pretty safe for me to make my first point that God's mercy and there is no end. He also says in Lamentations 3.23, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. I love this. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Not only is there no end, just for my sake, I get fresh ones every morning. Because <laughs> he's like, son, I love you, but you just about wear out the end. There is no end, but you get close every day, so I'm going to give you fresh ones. <laughs> You're not much different than me, so laugh it up. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the, I kind of think it is, though. It's probably not too far off. <laughs> Psalm 103.11 says this, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As the heavens are above the earth. Does anyone know where the end of the heavens are? If you can find it, that's where the end of the mercies are. Man, that's a crazy thought, isn't it? And it's the truth. Point two. We need God's mercy to teach us mercy. See, with, we are so jacked up, and I said we. <laughs> we are so selfish. We're just a selfish people. Like, we got to have his mercy to even understand and know what mercy is supposed to look like. Right? It's not a natural thing that, that we're just born with mercy. Someone wrongs us and we're like, it's on. I'm going to pay it back double just to make sure you don't do it again. I mean, that's worldly, fleshly principle. 
right? Come back so hard, you never even attempt to think about that again. People, our natural Adamic nature is naturally not merciful. And there's a, a ton of instances that we can go over, and, and you can start thinking of, like, the worst one possible. Do you think God wants us to be merciful in that? Yeah, he was, and he is, and we're his representatives. Amen? Isn't that rough? It is sometimes, right? But all you got to do is think of this. Blessed are the what? Merciful, for they shall receive mercy. When I think of it that way, I go, it's not that hard. I, I need a lot of mercy, so therefore I can give a little. Yes. Amen? For the amount that I'm needing, if someone wrongs me, it's going to require a little bit. It's, it's very, mercy's very similar and, and, and plays really close um, buddies with unforgiveness or forgiveness. In order for there to be forgiveness, you have to have mercy. I don't truly think you can forgive someone without showing them mercy. They're really tight running buddies. Now, I'm going to share a passage of scripture. Well, look at this. The previous, last week we talked about the righteousness, right? Those, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So, right after that verse comes this. True righteousness, this is one of my subpoints. True righteousness produces loving care and concern for the needs of others. True righteousness does that. Like, you remember the Pharisees? They were, they were self-righteous. There was no concern for the needs of anyone else. Just them. But true righteousness, mercy will sprout from that. Now, I want you to remember, we went over the, some of the description on the, Hebrew, the Hebrewic and Aramaic concept of mercy. Is that it comes from our innermost being, right? Remember that. It comes from our innermost being. So we need God's mercy to teach us mercy. Remember, it comes from our innermost being. Matthew 23, 30, 20, that's cool. Matthew 23, 23 through 25. This is Jesus. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. But you ignore the more important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. Three big ones. Justice, mercy, and faith. And if you look at the word justice, it's another word for righteousness. So out of that, mercy bursts out of that. Three biggies. Justice, mercy, and faith. He says, you should tithe, yes. But do not neglect the more important things. Blind guides, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat. But you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. See, the self-righteous are always concerned about the outside, right? And how many times have I have seen, if I've seen one thing over and over and over that the Lord keeps reminding me of is we are always concerned on the outside, what it looks like on the outside. What's the outward appearance? God, that's way on the bottom of the list with him. He's always concerned. What's on the inside? He showed, it's the inside that defiles a person. 
This mercy's got to come from deep within. It's the inside. You can put signs or you can wear the shirt that says mercy. You can wave banners of mercy and it don't mean a whole lot. We got to apply it. And it's got a birth from inside of us. Amen? Amen? It's not something that you just put on or you just work up. When, when you, at least when I did, when I, when I received that mercy, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And then you, you, because of that inward Christ that's in you, you become merciful. And he brings you to those points of, of forgiveness and unforgiveness. And blessed are those who are merciful. For they will be shown mercy. That mercy is a blessing. It's a great big one. Amen. Point three. We're doing pretty good. Give and it shall be given to you. It's basically what Matthew 5, 7 is saying. These are kingdom principles. It says, press, who, wants, who wants mercy pressed down, shaken together, and running over? I do. <laughs> Sign me up for that kind of mercy, right? Amen. Who wants to give that kind of mercy out? You know what you're saying? We all, heck yeah, I want to receive it. The Lord, okay. I want you to give it out too. Okay, then he starts, ding, ding, ding. Uh, hmm. I'm going to need some, Lord. I'm going to need some love from you, Lord. I'm going to need some, some, some good things poured into me. It's got to come from deep within. Amen? It's got to sprout forth from inside, not just an outward thing. My little sub note. Kingdom principles are so simple and so hard at the same time. <laughs> Aren't they? Kingdom principles, I mean, they're so, God, they're so simple. And you're like, that's simple. And then it hits you and you're like, it's simple in, in concept. It's not so easy and simple sometimes in application. That's the foundation. That's why we got to put it into action. It's, it's one thing to hear. It's a whole other thing to do it. But it's when you put it into action that it builds a solid foundation. Amen? I'm going to share with you, given it shall be given. Luke 6, 32 through 42. Now be thinking of mercy. And that word, love and mercy, they, they intertwine in, in the Hebrew. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should, you get, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. This is where Jesus loses a lot of folks. Just letting you know. <laughs> Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. He is kind to those 
who are unthankful and wicked. Does anyone else like me need some more mercy in your life? Amen. Right? I need some more Lord in my life. Big time. If you thought you were doing good there for up until this point, whoa, man, I need a lot more. Right? That one just, it's like smacks you in the face. And then you got to give the other cheek, right? Amen. Verse 37. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for another page. For more, run it over and pour it into your lap. Right? I like that. What happens when you don't do that? You can, you can well, when you, when you show mercy to folks and when you love on folks who've mistreated you, and the Psalms says, you heap burning coals in their lap, which is kind of a fun little side note to just love on people who are very, very mean and cruel to you. They can't really, it's not supposed to be your whole motive for doing it. It does help, just saying. <laughs> I did have that verse at one point. If you've ever worked in retail with a lot of folks, I did literally put that, that verse up where they couldn't see it. But on that side of the, and every once in a while I'd look at that and just, oh, I'd be so sweet. I don't know if the Lord poured the coals because I probably had the wrong, wrong heart. Um, it just made me feel better. <laughs> just being real. Uh. Verse 39, then Jesus gave the following instructions. This is powerful. Can one blind person lead another? See how, it, it, it's real important for us, but the bigger picture, at least in my life, what I've been, what the Lord's especially been showing me recently, there's a lot bigger picture than what we see. And it's way bigger than us. Like getting it right with us is like the infancy part. It's so that we can help lead others. It's so that we can bring others to that place of mercy. It's so that others can meet mercy like we met mercy. It's so that others can receive that kind of mercy. And we can keep taking more and more people to meet mercy. Then Jesus gave the following instructions. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher. I love this. But the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Woo! That's my goal, right? And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Here's this big word he uses. Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, look, this is awesome. You, you got to be able to have received it, be walking in it so that you can lead others in it. Now, a lot of times people will misuse this like, well, you better pull the log out of your own eye. You can't be looking at no specks. And that's true. But guess what? Once you get the log out of your eye, you can help other folks get the logs out of theirs. That's beautiful, Right? 
But you can't be blind with a log in your eye trying to run around and that's going to, you're going to cause a lot of damage. But once you get that log out, you're not a blind guide anymore. You can help people, right? And, and I love that it goes from a log in yours to the speck in someone else's because truly, that's what it looks like. Your issues are a lot bigger than you think. <laughs> My issues are a lot bigger than I think. We think everyone else's issues are logs. God's like, here's some more mercy. <laughs> Theirs is a speck, son. Yours is a log. <clears throat> but it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to deal with some of those things. It just means get your stuff right first. Amen? Amen? We should spend a lot more time concerned with our stuff. I learned that a few years ago, and I'm still walking that out, is if I will get real concerned about my issues, I won't truly have a whole lot of time to deal with yours. <laughs> and if we all got real busy working on our, our issues, man, there wouldn't be time. Remember, there's an old Hank Williams song. I got my daughter um, a three, not disc, shoot, three record set of Hank Williams Sr. He's got this beautiful song. It's called Mind Your Own Business. Remember that one? Mind your own business. If you mind your own business, you won't be minding mine. That's a kingdom principle. <laughs> Hank Williams was a prophet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he does have some pretty awesome old um, gospel songs, I will say. <laughs> but that's truly what that whole thing is saying. Is if we get real busy getting rid of like log removal and ourselves. We won't have, we, I mean, we will not have the time to be running around looking at everyone else's speck, right? So we got to have his mercy and see his mercy to truly comprehend and understand what it's supposed to look like. My last point is this. God's mercy is seen best in Jesus, right? Isn't it so awesome? I love that we get to see what God looks like in a human being flesh. And it's recorded. I love that. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we can see the love of God enacted in Jesus. We can see the mercy of God enacted in Jesus. And it's, our, it's, it's what we're aiming for, right? He's our teacher. So God's mercy is seen best in Jesus. Romans 5.8 says this, and I love this verse. But God showed his great love for us. Now remember that word, love, mercy. We can. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. While we were still sinners. Mercy? That's a lot of mercy. Now, I, I love, you see an action form here. God showed his great love. Showed. Demonstrated is another way you can say that. God demonstrated his great love. God demonstrated his great mercy for us. That he came while we were sinners. We can build on that. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms 
Because we are united with Christ Jesus. Right? I mean, that's just, it gets better. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. As shown in all he's done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Amen? Amen. There's a lot bigger picture, guys. We got to get this mercy thing worked out so we can get the blessing of it fully and so that we can be a blessing to others. And we can come and grab other people who are in desperate need of mercy and bring them to mercy. And we can be that mercy. Amen? We, that's, we're supposed to be that representative of mercy. People aren't going to come run into a church or to a, a God who's not merciful. Amen. They're going to run the other way. And we can talk all about how good God is, how merciful he is. But when we have interactions with folks, that's going to prove it. Amen? Amen? Amen. How many has been owed money? I'm going to let that sit. Talk to the Lord. And don't, I hope you hear me. I'm not saying we're, a Christian is just supposed to be a doormat. But we are supposed to be mercy. We are supposed to follow the leader. There's something powerful when God says in Psalm 136, 26 times. 26, I mean, I ain't the sharp, sharpest guy, but 26 times in one chapter. This is my name, and part of my name is mercy, and the faithfulness of God, and his mercy endures forever. And we're his representatives. What's our mercy supposed to look like? Darn it, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> but if I want that, you remember the, the, the story that Jesus used of the unforgiving debtor? I mean, that's what it looks like to God when we're like, nope, I'm not willing to show mercy. He's like, dude, I forgave you of tens of millions of dollars. And then you run across a guy that owes you a hundred bucks and you're going to have him locked up? Ooh, how do you, and he's, how do you think that king's going to deal with him? I don't want to be that guy. Nope. I know I'm the guy who had tens of millions of dollars forgiven. I own that. I know for sure that was me. So I can't dare like not forgive someone for their hundred bucks. Give and it shall be given. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful principle? God's saying, look, you give that little bit, that little bit, like you're only giving this little bit, but I'm going to press it down, shake it together. And it's going to run all over, all over you. That's like kingdom principles. And it works in all kinds of stuff, right? Not just in unforgiveness or tithing or in mercy. It's, it's a principle. You give it, oh, watch what I'll do with it. Amen. Amen? You want to you hoard it and hold on to it? You can. You won't get much. It won't be running over. And your father loves you. He wants to bless you, right? That's why this is a beatitude. 
a be or not to be attitude. It's up to you. I want to have that attitude of mercy. And I can say there's been times in my life it's been pretty solid. There's been some times it can grow. There's some times it can grow tremendously. But if I have this in my forefront and thinking about the amount of mercy that I've needed and required to sustain my life, and that's on the forefront of that, you know what, you're not all that. You're a, a beggar in need of bread. And I want to be one that, that goes and shows other beggars, hey, I found some really good bread. I've got some amazing mercy that, that has done some miraculous things in my life. I can show you where it is. And in the meantime, I can, I can represent that and model that. Amen? In Luke 23, 34, the, to me, the greatest, the greatest example of mercy is when Jesus is on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Mercy. And you know it's possible? Because in, I believe it's Acts chapter 9. Stephen is being stoned. And it says he looked up and he, the heavens opened up. And he saw Jesus standing, not sitting, standing at the right hand of the Father. And the glory of God shone all over him. And as he's being stoned, he said the same words. Father, do not hold these sins against him. It's possible, guys. Amen. It's possible. There's no, we can't say, well, that was Jesus. Well, Stephen did it too. And many others have done it. Many, how many of us have received mercy from other people? Yes. The most humbling thing you'll ever receive when someone brings you mercy and it's undeserved. And you know you deserve a beatdown of all beatdowns. And they give you mercy. Oh, that's humbling. Amen. We need to be those agents of mercy. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your mercy. I've experienced so much of it. Lord, don't let me be one, Lord, who doesn't pour it out. Don't let this church be one that doesn't pour out mercy. Lord, we thank you for, the, for modeling it and for giving it to us and seeing it all through your word. You are mercy. Your mercy endures forever. There's no end. And it's fresh every single morning. I pray, God, every morning we, we see the sun come up or we see the morning come, we'll think of your mercy. Let that be a reminder to us, Lord, that every morning we think of mercy and we show mercy to others. And we're thankful for the mercy that you're given and pouring out to us. Thank you so much, Lord, that you've given us your word. That's so encouraging. Strengthening. I pray, God, that we would take bigger steps in mercy. I just challenge this body and myself to step out into a deeper walk of mercy. Lord, that we'd be willing, as you put your finger on things, to show mercy, that we would show it. We would apply it. We wouldn't be hearers of the word only. We'd look for opportunities this week to just pour out unmerited favor, grace and mercy on people, that we'd let go of unforgiveness, and that we would receive mercy from you. 
There's folks in here that don't feel they're deserving. You're absolutely right. Neither am I. None of us deserve it. It's his gift. He just pours it out on us. Receive it. Receive the mercy so you can be poured out and give mercy to others. This is a lot bigger than you. It's a lot bigger than me. I pray, Lord, that this would be a a sign of this body going forward in our future, that we'd be known as merciful people. We're already known as loving, and they go hand in hand. I pray that the mercy would just grow. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just begin to do what you do. Holy Spirit, bring conviction. We thank you for conviction. I was thanking you for it just this morning. It's not my job to convict. It's, you are so good at it. We don't have to do it. I just ask, take, just, just move on this body. Move on me. Show me more areas that I can be merciful, that I can walk in forgiveness. I know my heart, and I know the heart of this church. They want to reflect you. We want to grow and be like our teacher. Holy Spirit, give us the courage and the strength to walk it out. Lord, we just let go of ourselves. We let go of the the pride. We let go of the self-importance. Lord, we're concerned how you see us on the inside. Take that blood, Lord, and just wipe us around. Clean us up, our thoughts. Lord, we we feel we need to be justified all the time. Lord, let us be more like you. Transform us. We thank you for doing that through your word. I just see there's, I just had a picture of like, you've kept leading some of us up to a spot. Just seeing a little boy and a father, he keeps leading you to that spot. That place where you could show mercy. And he doesn't make you do it. He just leads you to it. And you haven't been able to do it. Let's pray for breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Freedom. There's freedom in that. Release it. Let go. Forgive. Show mercy. It's going to begin to to well up deep inside of you. We thank you for that, Lord. I speak blessing over this body. We thank you for your word. Lord, I just uh, just speak, Lord, that, that this body going forward, that this week will be one of the most merciful weeks that this church has ever shown. We're going to look for opportunities to, to show mercy in this body, in this con- congregation, and in our communities. Amen? Amen.
I want to release you at this point. If, if there's some things you would like some prayer for, we're going to be here. We'll spend some time up here at the altar. If you feel like you need to, um, if there's a physical need, I'd love to pray with you for that. If there's a spiritual need, if, um, you know, if there's been anyone that's been seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you haven't received that yet, we'd love to pray with you and receive that. And uh, if you're struggling with forgiveness or any of those issues, we'll lay hands on you and, and pray for a breakthrough. Amen? Amen. You are dismissed.